Hello and welcome to this series where we are looking at reflections from the life of Joseph. What an amazing young guy from the Old Testament he was. I want to start off by asking you a bit of a question. Are there things in your life that you wish that you could forget? Yeah, we're hitting the ground running, starting off deep. (laughs) Maybe that financial trauma. Maybe that job loss is something you want to forget. Maybe it's that relationship that left you feeling rejected and broken. Or maybe it's that friend who betrayed you and shared things that you'd spoken to them about in confidence. Or maybe it's your past life that you regret or something you did or said that, you know, you wish you never said and you wish never happened. I wonder if there are experiences from your past that you wish wouldn't keep following you around. I wonder whether it's a string of friendships that, you know, didn't end well and and now you're always on guard and thinking that your new friendships are going to disintegrate too. You know, these things happen. This is reality. This is this is the complexity of life. I actually have a beautiful friend who's experienced huge rejection in her life. And every now and again, she pushes me away and she she's literally told me before that she figures that she won't have to experience rejection from me if she rejects me first. It's true. It's how people feel. It's what happens when our past follows us around. You see, she's not the only person whose past is following her around and dictating her present. We all do in some shape or form. We all have a past and we all have a a memory bank and it makes perfect sense that in our natural state, these two things would collide, right? So if that's the case, is there anything that you and I can do to limit the past from derailing our present and our future? It's a good question. And it's important for us to find an answer to this. You see, the story of Joseph in the Bible gives us incredible insight into some pretty good ideas how we can break free from the things that cripple us and hold us back that actually come at us from our past. You see, Joseph had so much in his past that it could have caused him to to be a really traumatized guy and could have potentially held him back from stepping into his destiny and having the confidence to do anything, really. He could have easily developed a mindset that said, nothing ever goes right for me. (laughs) No one loves me. I'm always being mistreated. Every time it looks like I'm on the cusp of breakthrough, things just go pear-shaped. But you know what? Despite Joseph maybe being justified in saying some of these things, he never spoke like that. Chuck Swindoll, in his book about Joseph, tells us that nowhere in scripture do we find that Joseph had a victim's mentality. That is, that's powerful. That's powerful living. But more than that, you see, Joseph was intentional about ensuring that his past didn't determine his present or his future. How did he do that? That's the million dollar question, right? Well, the story of Joseph gives us incredible insight into how. And I want to unpack three ideas with us today. Firstly, Joseph learnt from his past. Secondly, Joseph focused on his present. And thirdly, Joseph believed for the future. 
let's dive into these three as we pick up the story of Joseph where we're told that he'd gotten married and had two sons. So here goes. Um, I'll be reading from Genesis 41, verse 50 to 52. And it says, Before the years of famine came, two sons were born to Joseph by Asenath, daughter of Potipharah, priest of On. Joseph named his firstborn Manasseh and said, It is because God has made me forget all my trouble and all my father's household. And the second son he named Ephraim and said, it's because God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. Wow. Prophetic names over his kids, prophetic names over his life. You see, firstly, Joseph learned from the past. These are not pointless details in this verse. The name Manasseh is a Hebrew word as it says in the, in, in the verse, that means to forget. I know that because I'm Egyptian and yeah, the word Nasa actually does mean to forget. So I can verify that fact. But his second son, he called Ephraim. And the Hebrew word for Ephraim means twice fruitful, twice fruitful. Wow. Despite all of the trials and suffering, Joseph learned that he was twice fruitful. He learned that he was an overcomer. He looked back over his past and he learned that, yes, God was faithful. He learned that staying right with God, even when the reward was being falsely accused, as was the case with Potiphar's wife, was worth it in the end. You see, Joseph learned to set boundaries, as we also saw in the last sermon. He learned that whilst people can betray you, God never will. He learned that The power of God's vindication is insane and above anything he could have mustered up. He also learned that God's promises are amen. I guess he also learned a truckload about himself, right? That he was resilient, integrous, favoured, highly capable. (laughs) I wonder what God has taught you from your past. What could happen if you and I were to stop and focus And leave behind the negatives and the hardships and the injustice. And if we were to to be like Joseph and reflect and, and learn lessons from our past and declare over our life that we are twice fruitful, I wonder what would happen. I love the verse in Joel 2.25. It says, so I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. That's the God we love and serve. He's a God who uses the past to launch us into our destiny if we learn from it, if we learn from it, just like Joseph. You see, secondly, we realise that Joseph focused on the present. Joseph was an absolute champion, actually, when it comes to focusing on the present, let's face it. If there was a definition for good stewardship and faithfulness, I dare say it would be about Joseph, right? Now, you might think, you know what, Susie? I don't know about that because, yeah, he focused on the present because He became a bigwig. (laughs) Of course he was focusing on the present. He's literally like living the dream. True. But if we backtrack just a little bit, we see that Joseph always (laughs) focused on the present. Always. He did his best in every situation he found himself in. In fact, I think he's my role model when it comes to taking our eye off the past and the future for that matter and giving our present 
our best shot with excellence and faithfulness. You see, remember when Joseph was in um, Potiphar's house? He was there as a slave boy, right? Let's not forget that. He was sold by his brothers. He should have been traumatized. They were not exciting times for that 17-year-old boy. (laughs) But instead of crying himself to sleep every night, he instead worked hard, relentlessly, faithfully. Let's not forget that he smoothly ran all of Potiphar's affairs, managed all his crops and livestock, and they flourished. He even became administrator over everything that Potiphar owned. He was a busy boy. And everything he did, we are told, succeeded. But hey, not just that. What about when he was in prison? He was there for a, for a crime he never even committed for crying out loud. But he succeeded there too. And he was put in charge over all the other prisoners and all that happened in prison. He was always focused on the present. He didn't sit in a corner and feel sorry for him. He didn't just sit there, stare at his calendar and cross off dates every morning until his dreams came to pass. No, he was faithful. And when God saw that he was faithful, he put him in charge of much. I wonder how you and I can be faithful with what's in our hands today. Don't wait for the future. Don't wait for the dreams or the destiny. Show up now. I remember some years back a a cute little story where um, one of our kids once um, said in passing, if I ever get rich, I'm going to be really generous. And of course, we piked up as parents and we were like, "Uh, uh, uh, uh." (laughs) uh-uh-uh, it doesn't actually work that way. No one can be generous when they're rich if they were not generous when they had little. And the same principle applies here. You see, we can't be entrusted with what lies ahead, with the dreams, if we can't be faithful with what we have in the present. Don't get sucked into destination syndrome. Don't be chasing the next best thing because you and I know the goalposts change all the time. It's like chasing the wind. Be like Joseph and focus on the present. And thirdly, Joseph believed for the future. You see, when Joseph named his first son Manasseh, I bet he wasn't asking for amnesia, right? (laughs) He wasn't just asking a supernatural forgetfulness that would, um, you know, wipe everything. He was asking for a forgetfulness that would take the sting off the pain from his past. He was declaring life over his future. He knew that if he was able to forget the sting, that he could live in freedom. He would no longer be in bondage to the traumas and hardships and the residue and the baggage of his past. The verse also tells us that he wanted to forget all his father's households. We read that up above. Wow. (laughs) I wonder if it ever worried Joseph or if he ever thought about it that, you know, his kids might grow up in sibling rivalry just like his siblings were with him. Or I wonder if he ever feared you know, accidentally falling into the trap of favouring one of his boys above the other, just like his dad did. I wonder if he thought back far enough to realise that his heritage had a history of sibling rivalry. I don't know. I'm just trying to get in his head, I suppose. But let's take a look at this for a moment because there's some interesting truths to be had. Let's take a look at Joseph's lineage. Joseph's great-grandfather was Abraham. His two sons, Isaac and Ishmael, experienced sibling rivalry. Then his grandfather, Isaac, 
he had two boys, remember them? Jacob and Esau, who also had incredible sibling rivalry and conflict. Then came his dad, Jacob, who had 12 boys. <laughs> and we know that story, hopefully. Interesting, right? I wonder if Joseph's prayer to forget his past also extended to forgetting about his lineage and his generational patterns and the dysfunctions from the generations past. Well, we don't know if he was even aware of that or not. But we're told that in all of scripture, the only set of siblings who didn't experience rivalry and conflict were Manasseh and Ephraim, Joseph's kids. Despite Ephraim, who was the younger of the two, receiving the grandfather's blessing first and being told that he would become the greater tribe. But not even that caused division between the brothers. Are you catching this? You see, Manasseh, the older brother, had every reason to maybe have a tantrum and get some pride building up and say, hang on a minute, I'm the oldest, that's not fair. But he did none of that. This was groundbreaking for this whole lineage. They were the first siblings to not fight and become green and bitter and jealousy and jealous. You know, I once heard a Jewish um, rabbi say that even today, Jewish people have this prayer. It's a prayer of blessing that they pray over their boys. And they pray that their boys would be like Ephraim and Manasseh. And one of the reasons apparently that he was explaining why they pray this is because they wish to speak sibling harmony over their kids. Wow. <laughs> wow. Jake, uh, Joseph basically through his prayer, altered the entire trajectory of future generations. He spoke a clean slate over his future and then he walked in that newness and freedom every day. Are you nervous about your past playing into your present or your future? Are you too busy saying, well, you know what, for me, I come from a few generations of divorce. I come from, you know, generations of conflict or I come from generations of health issues or, you know, I've got a messy background. I've got way too much baggage. You know what? Those niggles. Today, I want to say to you that God speaks Manasseh and Ephraim over you. Today, in the name of Jesus, you're a child of God, born again, with a DNA that surpasses all of your past, all of your past. And God wants to welcome you into a present and a future that is twice fruitful. Be blessed and just like Joseph, learn from your past, but don't move on until you do. Maybe today's a good time to pull out a device or some paper and pen and work out what it is that you need to learn from your past. And in Jesus' name, may you live your present and believe for your future and be just like Joseph. Amen and amen. Amen.